please turn with me to Jonah chapter 4. I'll be reading the entire chapter, and it is found on uh, the Pew Bibles on page 1438. So page 1438 in your Pew Bibles, Jonah 4. Jonah's anger at the Lord's compassion. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, Have you any right to be angry? Jonah went out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a vine and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort, and Jonah was very happy about the vine. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm, which chewed the vine so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, It would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Do you have a right to be angry about the vine? I do, he said. I'm angry enough to die. But the Lord said, You have been concerned about this vine, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? Father, we've, we've come here to worship you and praise you this morning. We've confessed our, our sin. We've lamented. Lord, we've now heard from your word. And I pray that, that all of this soaks down deep into our hearts and souls and minds to shape us Inform us more and more into the people you, you desire us to be. And I pray that the words which will be spoken now, may they be your words, not mine. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Writing this sermon this week brought back way too many hard memories for me. From my time both as a pastor but also as someone who worked in the Christian Community Outreach Center in Thunder Bay and as an elder as well, you may find your heart troubled or memories come back as well this morning. So uh, if you find this is so, 
remember that we have elders here who are compassionate and who uh, are willing to walk alongside you, as well as myself, um, willing to, to walk with you, perhaps with some memories or some things that may come up. How many of you have been angry at God because someone has hurt you and they seem to have gotten away with it? And sometimes that anger still comes back from you today as well. Sometimes I can't understand why God does what he does. There are times when, when God punishes those who are, are his people for doing bad things. And sometimes he forgives God's people for doing bad things without punishing them. And sometimes he, he punishes bad people for doing bad things. But, but what I find most frustrating is when bad people do bad things and they seem to get away with it. And we see that oh so often today. And it happens everywhere, including our families and our churches. This morning we're wrestling with two themes that run through Scripture. The theme that God is a compassionate God, that God loves deeply and God forgives deeply. And then there's a God of justice, a God who says, it can't be this way, and you have to face the consequences for your choices and for the life that you live. And both are rooted in love. It's easy to see how compassion is rooted in love. God feels for us. He, he knows the hurt and the pain. And he even knows that a lot of times that our sin and, and, and when we hurt others, it comes out of brokenness. It comes out of our, our own pain. And, and we can see where compassion, where forgiveness comes from love. But justice also comes from love. When, when someone has to pay the consequences for what they have done, the goal is not just to be angry and to beat them down into the ground. The, the goal is to help them see what they've done, how, how much they've hurt others, and then to, to help turn their hearts, their hearts back to God, their hearts, hearts back to to, to caring about others. Jonah's angry. And I get it. Nineveh, capital city of Assyria. They've defeated Israel. They, they, they have been hurting Israel for years, demanding huge taxes from them. It was not unusual for for soldiers to come through a conquered land and to take what they would want. Lots of abuse of all kinds would happen and the people would be powerless. Nineveh deserved to be punished. They hurt God's people. And God has compassion and he relents. 
I studied this story. All four chapters, the whole four weeks we've been going through this. I get where Jonah's coming from. It doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. And, and, and Jonah prays the Lord, basically telling God, you know, challenging him, saying, you know, I told you so. You know, I said when I was still at home. That's why I went to, to, to Tarshish to, to get away, because I know you're a gracious, compassionate God. You're slow to anger, bonding in love, a, a, a God who relents from sending calamity. And, and Jonah's praying scripture here from Exodus 34. You know, Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Jonah sees that part, but Jonah doesn't pray the second part of that verse. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. See, in Exodus, Moses knew God as a God of both compassion and justice. But Jonah can't see it. But we see this, this justice and compassion coming together in, in Jesus. The, the story that, that, that came to me when I was reading this was, was Jesus on Palm Sunday sitting on that donkey looking over Jerusalem, knowing that by the end of the week, they're going to unjustly accuse him and, and crucify him. And he weeps for them. He says, if you only knew God, your father. Jesus goes to the cross unjustly because of not only the sin of Jerusalem, but for, for all of our sin. Because he has compassion on us. But God also is a God of justice. So our sin, the sin of Jerusalem, and the sin of Nineveh has to somehow be covered. And, and Jesus does that on the cross. But it doesn't end on the cross. Because Jesus rises up and in, in Jesus' being risen from the dead, we too find new life and we participate in that new life. But Jonah doesn't know that yet. So the Lord comes back to Jonah and says, is it right for you to be angry? And God intends the answer to be no. Because really, who are we to tell God what he should and shouldn't do? Now, Jonah's unspoken answer is, you bet. Do you realize what's happened to me and to your people because of these people? For sure I should be angry. I should be angry at injustice. I should be angry at violence. I should be angry at evil. I should be angry that they get away with it. Jonah even gives God a chance to punish Nineveh anyway. He heads out to, to, to the outside of town and, and he sets up a camp there and he's just waiting. 
He's waiting. I'm, I'm going to spend my 40 days here, and, 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 and I'm just going to wait. God, he can't allow this to happen. And he's sitting here. He builds a shelter, but, but that Middle Eastern sun is hot, and it beats down on him. And God provides a plant, a castor oil plant that, that grows quickly and has big leaves and offers some shade. And, and I always think of Jonah as a grumpy old man, but, but this plant, it makes him smile. It makes him happy. God has a, a strange sense of humor. Jonah benefits from this plant for a little while, but then God sends a worm. That worm kills the plant. Jonah's angry again. And God comes to him again. He says, you didn't do squat for this plant. Should you be angry? Jonah says, yeah, I'm angry enough to die. That's kind of Jonah's thing. When things don't go his way, he says, yeah, I just I might as well die. But God's not done with Jonah. God says, you know what? Shouldn't I care about people as much as you care about this plant? There's 120,000 people there. Some of them are children. There's animals there. And, and Jonah, you should know they're created in my image. You may not follow me, but, but they do know me. They turn to me. Shouldn't I have compassion on people who just don't get it? Who are doing it because they don't understand? may be enemies of Israel, but they're still human. See, and this story is not meant just for Jonah. It's not meant even just for us. See, this story was brought back to Israel. It was brought back to, to a people where God sent prophet after prophet after prophet to call Israel back to following God. Because Israel, in their own way, was oppressing people. The rich were getting richer, the poor were getting poor. They weren't taking care of the, the widows, they weren't taking care of the foreigners, they weren't taking care of, 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 of those who were, who were vulnerable. They created all sorts of laws and rules in place that benefited you know, the wealthy and the powerful. And God says, that's not how I taught you how to live. That's not who I'm calling you to be. Don't you see? I'm willing to have compassion on you. I want to have compassion on you. See what I did with Nineveh? They're not even completely sure who I am, but they came and they begged me. They begged me for grace. Because of my love for humanity, because of my love for you, I'm willing to forgive you as well. 
See, this story was meant for Israel and it's meant for us today. Because this story forced me this week to look back and, and wonder who I've hurt, who I've wronged. And I don't think I've ever been punished for hurting or, or wronging others. And, and I wonder, is there people who are praying that I might face the consequences for things I've done to them? Are there people who are angry at God because I haven't, I haven't faced God's anger or justice? This is not just about Nineveh. It's not even just about Israel. It's about us as well. And the story ends here with no answer. Jonah doesn't answer, and God just leaves the story hanging. And we're left with the question of how does compassion and justice fit together? God's complex. We don't easily understand who he is. As I said before, sometimes he blesses the believer and punishes pagans, and other times he blesses the pagans and punishes the believers. And sometimes the punishment for injustice is quick and harsh, and other times it's unexpected grace. God's not just a God of wrath or love. As one woman in a Tim Keller Bible study notes, he's both. See, Jesus calls us, God calls us to a really deep and difficult faith. Jesus taught who he desires us to be. Hear who he calls us to be in Matthew 5. You've heard that it said eye for eye, tooth for tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, yeah, yeah, you don't want to go two miles. Give to the one who asks you. Don't turn away from the one who wants to bore you. You've heard that it said love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And you know what? That's easy to teach. Easy to preach. So hard to live out. Jonah couldn't. And many people I've walked with who have been deeply hurt find it extremely difficult to live this out as well. And you know what? I find it hard to tell a person who has been hurt deeply that they need to love their enemies. Because it almost feels like you're putting all the focus and all the pressure on a victim to be the one to forgive while the oppressor, the one who hurt them, walks away. It doesn't feel fair. And in some ways, it's not. And we can't do it in our own strength. There is no way we can forgive. And forgiveness is not just a one-time thing, but it has to be a process. I learned from my grandfather who 
who ended up in prison for hiding Jews. And he saw horrible things, and he was treated horribly during the war. And after the war, he said, I realized I couldn't live with this bitterness, with this hatred, with this anger in me. He says, I had to forgive, but I didn't want to. And I couldn't. So he says, I began by standing in the mirror every morning and saying, I forgive. And then he would name the names of the soldiers. And he said, this was a mental exercise. This was not a heart thing. But he says, I knew that forgiveness, I had to choose to forgive. But he said, God does a funny thing then. Because he takes these words that I really didn't always mean. And he began to settle them in his heart. And he came to a place where he could forgive even though he never knew if any of those soldiers were punished, if they suffered any consequences for what they'd done. The Christian faith, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, I'm not going to promise you an easy path lined with beautiful roses and daisies. Following Jesus can be really, really hard. Because life isn't always fair. Sometimes you get hurt deeply. And if you hear words like love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, if you only focus on the God of compassion, you're missing out on who God is. Because God is also a just God. He wants us to hold those who hurt others to account. He wants us to make sure that, that those who are doing the hurting have to, have to be held accountable and face the consequences. Because it's only in facing the consequences, it's only being held accountable that they are going to be changed. That they are going to, to, to understand what they have done and how they have hurt and broken people by what they have done. And it is only then that, that Jesus can re really begin to change their hearts. Because Jesus does want them to turn to him or turn back to him. And if there is compassion without justice, they'll likely never walk back. So like the story of Jonah, it kind of ends hanging there. In many ways, this sermon kind of ends hanging there as well. I have no nice, neat bow to wrap together for you this morning. If you've been hurt and the people who've hurt you have walked away seemingly scot-free, we can walk with you. We can bless you. We can weep with you. We can cry with you. We can even help you seek accountability and justice without guaranteeing it'll happen. 
some point, and I know this doesn't always feel good now, they do have to face our Lord. But that doesn't help sometimes our anger and our hurt right now. But that's why God puts us in community. That's why we don't walk the Christian faith alone. So that when we have those times when we are so angry with God, that we can help others walk, we can have others walk alongside ourselves and remind us that God is also a God who cares about us, who cares about you who are hurting, and who wants you to find healing as well. That's why the most powerful verses for me are those verses where Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And that's my desire for you as well. That's our desire as a church for all those who are broken and hurting and for those who are angry at God. Amen. Father, we lift, we wish life was was more fair. I guess we also wish we could see it through your eyes. That we could see hearts that that are broken and who are hurting others find healing and turn back to you and and perhaps even seek forgiveness. Lord, we don't always see that. So sometimes we live with anger and hurt and brokenness. And so we come to you. And Lord, I thank you for a church like Bethel that truly cares about each other and who is willing to walk through those hard times so that we can find a place of healing in your son, Jesus. Amen.